What's up, professional elves? This is the Christmas Pros Podcast, the only podcast for all things professional holiday decorating. Listen in as we meet some special guests, including vendors and industry leaders, to discuss the professional Christmas lighting industry and everything that goes into it. I'm your host, Zach Marker, the head elf. I am also the owner of Elves and Ladders Holiday Lighting in Philadelphia and the founder of Tinsel CRM, the CRM designed for the Christmas lighting industry. While the professional Christmas industry could feel like one giant family, there are certainly competitors just like in any other industry. This podcast does its best to leave all the drama aside and gives you just the facts while having some fun. So pop those headphones in, start your pre-bulbing, and enjoy the show. So our first guest on today's episode is going to be Brendan McCaffrey. Brendan's the owner of Mr. Holiday's Lighting in Long Island, New York, which offers holiday lighting, event lighting, and most recently adding landscape lighting to the arsenal. Brendan also owns Mr. Holiday's Pressure Washing, which is wildly successful and keeps his crew going throughout the rest of the year. Brendan's also launching a brand new training platform for the holiday lighting industry called Christmas Lights Express. We'll talk a little more about that later on. Before we get started, just want to let everybody know, Brendan's been a good friend of mine for a few years now, and we consistently have uh, some late-night phone calls that last longer than, what, two, three hours at a time, where we just talk about everything you can imagine about the Christmas light business. So this podcast should be packed with some good topics and, of course, a few laughs. So welcome to the show, Brendan. How are you, sir? Yes, thank you very much, Zach. I'm doing very well. Uh, glad to be the first participant in your venture as well. Um, I think it's awesome that you're doing this in the lighting industry, and I'm excited to be a part of it here. Yeah, and we're excited to have you. So awesome. Thank you. All right, so let's jump right in. So have you ever done a podcast before? No, actually, this is my first real podcast. So, All right, awesome. Me too. So we're going to learn this thing together. So for everybody listening at home, uh, bear with us. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I kind of gave you a little bit of an intro while you sat there and uh, stared at me all awkwardly, but um, you know, tell us a little bit about you know how you got to where you are today, what it is that you're doing with the, the Christmas lighting and the power washing. Tell us, tell us a little bit about everything, and then we'll deep dive it. Yeah, so well, I used to put up the Christmas lights when I was a you know a young lad um, at my parents' house. Started helping out some of the elderly on the block, and then it started transforming into more and more people asking me as I got older. Now they see I'm a you know, bigger uh, guy here, grown man. They want me to go up on ladders, 32 foot ladders. So now you start talking about dollars and cents because um, you know that's risky as we know. So we started doing that, started offering it as a service, as a little you know, small uh, you know, five towns thing in our area and then I didn't really push it anymore. And then when I started having a union job working for Madison Square Garden, um, one of my best friend's parents passed away. And uh, his mother then had uh, been diagnosed with a terminal illness. And uh, her last request really was that she wanted her house to look like Christmas because it was right near the season. She knew it would be her last one. So. We went, me and uh, a few of my buddies went um, all out, decorated it. We had, uh, of course, it was the talk of that block, that house. A bunch of people asked us to do it, and Mr. Holiday was born, you know. Um, we started getting more and more requests, started building it up, 
started doing restaurants. Uh, we got called for a commercial to film in the city. We did two movies. So it started really transforming into a real business where we said, okay, we got to take this thing serious and uh, we might be sitting on gold here. Sitting on gold is correct. So you don't have to answer this if you want. If you don't, we'll cut it out. But uh, what, what is your holiday lighting side? What is like, what are your numbers looking like there? So holiday lighting right now, we're trying to do 550,000 for this season. Um, and then we have our soft washing and power washing. So together we're trying to push over 750,000 as a whole unit. And our next year goal would be trying to crack that first million dollar 12 month season. Wow, that's, uh, that's big numbers. So you started, you started doing lights uh, just as like a little side hustle. And then you went and got a big boy job at Madison Square Garden. And, uh, and then the unfortunate event of your, your friend's uh, parent passing away. And then that's kind of what really sparked the actual business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I did some research. You know, I started Googling around. And uh, that was back around 2007 or 2008. And I saw that Christmas Decor was a franchise that they were actually a company that was, I, I think if I remember correctly on their website, it said they've been in business since 1985 or 86, somewhere where I was born. I was born in 86, so I was like, wow, these guys have been doing it for a long time. It's not just my idea. I'm not the only one who thought that this could be a business. And it actually made me happy because it proved that there's a, a market for it. The concept's out there, it's been proven. And I started doing research. I actually hopped on eBay uh, back when there was no Amazon, right? Or Amazon was just selling books or whatever they were doing. And um, I bought a book that they actually had back then was how to start a Christmas lighting business. But it was more geared towards a lot of electrical stuff because it was all incandescent back then. So it didn't even have really the words LED mentioned in it. And of course, no RGB. Yeah, no, that wasn't a thing back then. It's funny you, <clears throat> it's funny you mentioned that though, that um, you, know, you thought you were a genius doing this. Because that's how I started. I feel like that's how a lot of people are probably starting in this industry is they come up with this idea. Well, some people, you know, they go to trade shows for their other shows, for their other businesses, soft washing and things like that, window cleaning, and they get introduced to this whole side of, you know, this whole other side of the world that is Christmas lighting. But for some of us, it was just our idea. It was our own idea. And we're like, oh, yo, we can, uh, you know, hang Christmas lights. People are paying us to hang Christmas lights. I wonder if anybody does this. And you're thinking you're a genius. And uh, you quickly realize, at least I quickly realized after like an hour worth of research on the internet that, this whole, this whole industry exists already. And so it was like a bittersweet, like, damn, I'm not a genius, but also like, all right, it's a proven concept. We can make this work. So it was like this weird, this weird feeling where I was like kind of upset that I didn't think of it first. Um, not that I was even born back in 86, 85, but, but it's like, wow, you go from this feeling like, wow, I have this genius idea that nobody's doing to all of a sudden being like, wow, everybody's doing this. But that's a good thing because it's a proof of concept and, and it proves that it's a real industry. And, and as you clearly know, it is a real industry. Right, and we see that with other industries taking off, you know, um, part of why we got into soft washing, you know, the, a big boom, especially during COVID. It seems like anytime there's a pandemic in the country or something like a recession, 
people choose to things like that, power washing, because everyone can pick one up and, and start uh, offering that service. But um, soft washing came along, and you see it with Christmas lights as well. There's so many new companies coming into this um, industry, but it's helping grow in the concept. And we could hear that from the clients as you're taking the calls from 2009 to how we're taking calls and fielding them here in 2022. It's a complete difference. The first wave of calls back then were... I can't believe your this service exists, right? They were just in shock, just like we were when we found out there was those other companies that were doing it. And it's funny how we've actually seen that transition into then it became, you know, minimums where they started here in price and maybe 500, right? Um, 600, 700, all the way up to now they're calling and they understand pretty much that this is a multiple thousand dollar service. If you actually have uh, the type of properties that most of these people are calling you in, um, you need a lot of lights, you need a lot of manpower. Um, a lot of the times you need a lot of supplies, um, whether you're selling or leasing either way, it's, um, it's part of the whole inventory management and the whole processes of getting this, beast together just for that one house. It's not just as simple as putting the lights up. It's the whole organization and process that goes together of ordering those lights, predicting those lights when they're coming, getting better pricing on them by, you know, maybe, uh, you know, putting more capital down in the beginning of a season with a pre-order. So, yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, I just want to touch on what you just mentioned. Like it's a multiple thousand dollar job for, for, for a lot of these houses. That is definitely um, definitely market-driven for sure. What you get up in Long Island is not what I get down here in Philadelphia uh, for the same job. Um, and I'm not saying you're better or I'm better. What you get up there in Long Island, let's just say for you can get $5,000 for a job. Where down here, it might, we might get 3000 And it's, it's still plenty of money to be made. And of course, it's, it's very market-driven though. But I did just want to touch on that. And if you're out in, um, you know, down south, down south, they're, they're getting a lot less in some of their areas as well, just because the, the, the cost of living is a lot less down there. But the houses, you're, you're like a house in, in Texas for $250,000 compared, you know, take that same house and drop it in Long Island or Philadelphia. It's a, it's a one to $2 million house. And so we're looking at these things as mansions, but down there, it's just their average home. And so they kind of have to navigate their way of, of pricing and figuring out what's, how to price your product or your service to fit your, your area and in no matter what industry or, or what market rather that you're in, there's money to be made, but it's just about pricing yourself right in that market, I think. Right. Yeah. There's been, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer that, um, you know, every state in this great land of the United States has million dollar homes. They all have doctors, lawyers, you know, very well-educated people, high-working professionals, stockbrokers, finance. Um, and it's all about marketing to those type of people for this service. Now, if you're going to be in a market where maybe you're cutting grass and you're dealing with customers that are on the more blue-collar type where they're counting uh, some of their paychecks, their pennies, right? They're really looking at their finances because they're not having this abundance of in income coming in. That's not usually going to be the Christmas customer 
so to speak. So sometimes when you're starting in this industry too, and you're gonna maybe try to add it on to your existing business, you might have to actually develop a whole new marketing plan and a marketing concept. But you know, of course, what you're saying is right. Um, markets definitely, um, you know, uh, they have their different rates. But I've I've been surprised by hearing from some other people. You know, we all hear things, but um, some guys are posting on their groups too. Uh, some of these admins on on um, you know industry related pages and. They're down in the Carolinas doing ten to twelve dollars a foot, which is more than I'm doing uh, over here in Long Island. So, you yeah, know, yeah. you see, you see, it, you see it a, a huge range, and I think that that's a huge point um, to to hammer on. You know, for people when they first get started, you know, you definitely want to make sure your pricing's right. Yeah, absolutely. You had mentioned if you're coming from another industry, you know, if you're coming from a soft wash industry, if you're coming from a window cleaning industry, sometimes it's hard to to convert those customers. And the reason is for what you kind of just stated They're generally they're lower ticket services. Um, there's definitely high ticket in, in, in every industry, but, um, you know, car detailing, for example, is a, is a, a fairly low ticket service in comparison to Christmas lights. And so if you think that you have 2000 customers in car dealing and you're going to go and do Christmas lights and market to all 2000, you're going to get 2000 jobs out of it. You're sadly mistaken because it's a hell of a lot easier to convert, a $3,000 or $4,000 Christmas light customer to a $200 detail than it is, or I'm making up prices on detailing side. I have no experience in it, but I want to be clear on that. But it, then it's going to be a lot easier to do that than it is to, to uh, convert a $200 detail job customer to a $3,000 Christmas light customer. And that's exactly it. You know, not saying it's impossible, but it's definitely hard. And that's why um, you, you have to maybe have that different um, marketing concept. That's what I think is huge with our Xmas Lights Express, you know, like um, the difference in, you know, training and the difference in learning for some of these new, um, you know, newer folks that are coming into the industry is that point right there, what you said, it's so important. You don't want people thinking that because I cut, let's, you know, let's just shoot numbers again, made up numbers, a hundred lawns a week. You know, if you're going to think by adding uh, a higher ticket item service in and you're going to get all those customers and convert them and then almost, um, you know, invest in that and, and say that that's what's going to happen and, and not go market out, not create your target market, you know, not have your market in plan for those high-end tickets. Um, you'll find yourself, you know, in where we see in the industry, where you see on Facebook, can't get jobs. None of my customers can afford it. They all say I'm too high pricing. And, um, you know, you don't want to get trapped there. So that's, that's where I feel like, you know, when you do learn too, you want to make sure that pricing is number one um, and making sure that you have a market that's going to be receptive to that pricing. And that's why I believe um, what we're doing over at Xmas Lights Express is pretty neat because we're trying to dive into everything like that so you can actually see someone's forecast of their future and give them a, a, a real concept instead of, um, you know, maybe uh, just give them, giving someone wishful thinking and uh they expect like that where they don't even know this point that we're making that you're right 
I don't think a lot of my customers would pay $2,000 or $3,000 for a lighting install. I'm just giving them car washes for 50 bucks a week right now or whatever it is, you know? Right, exactly. So you brought up, it's a good time to segue into uh, Christmas Lights Express. So you brought that up. Christmas Lights Express, so it's a, it's a training program uh, to teach you uh, Christmas lights or the, the business side of Christmas lights and I guess a little bit of the actual install side as well talk a little bit about that yeah so um what we developed was a 90-day program so people can get sort of an intense quick fast way of learning and by fast we say it like 90 days right it's not that fast but um it's more extended than um, what I believe is available in the market today and I really believe that when someone's coming into this business um, you're going to probably need more than a weekend or a live session somewhere to really learn everything right if you and I go to the conventions as we like to do you meet 400 guys how are you going to remember even 10 of them their names sometimes right so if we go to learn Christmas lights in two days or three days it's a lot to handle and it's a lot to memorize and a lot to try to grab a full concept of. So what we put together is a 90 day program, a training that way you could get in, you could learn, you can get set up with all your sheets, documents we provide as far as your inventory management, um, a sales sheet for your estimate, you know, for estimates when your salespeople go out. Um, just a bunch of good things like that that are going to help you just instantly have a business not set up overnight, but you'll at least have the structure so you could start filling in those blanks that are on those papers and sheets. Yeah, I agree. There's um, there's definitely a lot of training out there right now, and I'm not going to talk bad about any of them because I haven't gone through most of them personally. I, I have gone through a few um, just to um, – and, and you do learn something new at every single one, even experienced guys like us. You're definitely going to learn something new at every one, but – but I agree, it's hard to um, it's hard to learn everything you need to to know about uh, Christmas lights or, or running a Christmas light business for that matter in just a a, a one day or two day session. Um, those types of trainings are really good for learning how to actually install Christmas lights, in my opinion. Um, but it sounds like you're more focusing on the business end of it. So you are going to teach how to install Christmas lights, but it sounds like the bulk of your material. Um, and your lesson plans and things like that are going to be uh, geared towards running an actual Christmas light business and not uh, which clips to use and, and which bulbs and all that other stuff to use, even though that is going to be part of it. Yeah, so I, I totally agree as far as, yeah, we we would never knock another program. I've never uh, dove deeper, uh, went into any other programs out there and uh, attended any you know, live training events uh, for Christmas lights like that, that, that currently exist. But, um, you know, why I say we're different with the 90 days is, of course, um, as we were mentioning, to actually focus on the business side. But in that 90 days, we're actually going to be sending you those videos to do training. So in this digital world, right, if you're in Texas, we have a live training at the Wash Shield event October 1st. But if you weren't going to that, you'd have to come to Long Island. And maybe not someone in California has the money to go spend for hotel and airfare and everything. So this is a digital platform that's going to give you that intense business structure to back up all the training that you'll learn in those videos. So it's not really reverse where... You learn about clips and how to install the lights, 
but then go home and have to start getting that journey built out. And as you and I know, um, the first few years in Christmas lights can be very, very painful if we don't have those tips and tricks of um, just from having a map on an install to pre-bulb and spool before you get there. There's a lot of different things that um, can make your life easy and also can make your life very hard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I first started, I didn't go through any trainings. I'm not, or I was never, um, I never owned a business before in my life. And um, I learned a lot online, but it was in all different corners of, of the internet, right? There's YouTube, there's Facebook, there's all these different places where you can get all this information for free if you want to sit down and spend the time. And, and, and honestly, if you sat down and searched for it all, it's going to take you 90 days just to find it, let alone learn it. And so I think it's really great that you're finally, somebody's putting together a platform where we can actually sit there and, you know, sign on when you have a couple hours each night or, or an hour or two each night or whatever, whatever the case may be. And, and not only learn, uh, again, not only learn how to install Christmas lights, but how to run your business. Cause that you're right. It's, it's very painful. Um, part of the reason the Christmas light business is painful to learn is because once you start, it's over so quick and you don't have the chance you don't have the chance to pivot, right? You're, especially if you're just starting out, you're going to be the guy on the roof. You're going to be the guy answering the phones. You're going to be the guy driving the truck. You're going to be doing all the estimates. You're going to be doing every single part in your business. Unless, of course, you're coming from another business where you have all that structure figured out and there's a lot of people that do. But for like a lot of us, we don't have that structure. And so for you to be able to, you, you don't have the time of day to stop, look around and say, all right, what are we doing? How can we pivot and make it better? You don't get to do that until... January or February, and then it doesn't get it doesn't get implemented until next year. <laughs> right, right. It, how many times have you heard? Well, next year I'm definitely going to be doing this. Next year I'm definitely doing this. I mean, because when you're caught up in that fire, you know you, you're not changing everything now, and you you know now that back step maybe it's a. Uh, Maybe all your 48-inch wreaths that you finally put in that you were holding off that you knew you should have put in or something or, you know, uh, nutcrackers or certain remote controller, and then you need it for the big job and you're, you're stuck there um, empty-handed to a client and possibly losing a big ticket just over that, right? We know customers, too. This is like snow removal. If anyone out there has done snow... Um, just think of it the same way. It's that emergency service, especially during that Thanksgiving weekend. You're going to get bombarded by people that you wish watched all your advertising in September or June or July or October. And you're like, where were you? Because if I knew all you guys were coming, I would have put all these orders in. We would have had them binned ready. You would have had your lights up two weeks ago. And as an owner, it gets frustrating when you can't handle all of that when it comes in and it swarms you like a, like a beehive coming because you took their honey. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's the, the most frustrating part about it is you sit, you're ready to go, you're ready to go, especially new companies. You're ready to go September. You're like, all right, I can't wait for the season. October comes around, you might get a comb call or two a day or, or whatever the case may be, and then all of a sudden you're like, all right, November, November first, we got we got a job. All right, let's go do this job. You need three jobs in a week. And then the next job, next week you do, second week in November, you do four jobs this week. And then all of a sudden it's like, I have 50 
you know, 50 leads in this inbox. We're never gonna get all this done. We're only doing three or four a week. And you're right. It's like, where the hell were these people at that wanted to contact us? Why didn't they contact us in September and October and, and August? But that's just the nature of it. And it seems like that's one of the, uh, one of the biggest frustrations in the industry is how do we get customers engaged earlier and there's there's a lot of people figuring it out um but one of the cool things is as time goes on year after year you already have a customer base and you already have your customers from last year and you go to them and you say you know okay listen we're going to be busy in november we want to get you done early so that we don't have to you don't have to sit around on your hands and wait for us let us install you in september or let us install you in october we'll give you five percent off we'll give you ten percent off whatever the case may be some people are offering discounts some people aren't and so we're able to kind of take that downtime where we're ready to install Christmas lights and install our, our, our return customers, our renewal customers. And then when those leads start coming in, you already have your crew trained because that's another problem is, is uh, finding help, seasonal help year after year because they don't want to come back year after year because if there's... All right. I, I, thought that was, I thought that was the easiest part about the Christmas lighting business was labor was just plentiful and they come knocking on your door saying, boss... Can I work 80 hours this week? Please put me on that roof. Yeah, yeah, especially in this day of age, post-COVID, where everybody's working from home and nobody wants to get off the couch. And we're not going to go into to politics and all that other fun stuff. But, um, yeah, finding labor is, is one of the hardest things, especially if you're a company like myself who only does lighting. We only do lighting. And, you, I mean, other companies, again, other, there's other companies out there that have other businesses like yourself uh, where you're doing the pressure washing and the soft wash and stuff like that, you're able to keep at least a core crew going year round. So you know you're going to have that at least that core crew, and then of course you hire the seasonal help that you train. You know you train a, a group of eight or ten guys or whatever the case may be in the beginning of the season, and you have your core crew act as foreman because they've done it all before. But for somebody like me, it's so hard. I have zero employees working right now. The only employee I have right now is my virtual assistant. And right now she's sitting on her hands too, but I, I, I want to pay her. I want to keep her around because she did so well last year. And I told her, listen, I got nothing for you, but here's a check every week. Um, you, and she said, well, do you mind if I go out and get another job? And I'm like, please, please do. But just know that I'm paying you every week so that you come back to me when, when I need you. So whatever job you get, it either has to be temporary or it has to work within our workflow because I'm paying you all year round to work four or five months and um, I feel like that's it's just the nature of the beast we have to do that sometimes uh, but right now outside of her I have zero employees um, I have a guy that's that's uh, here and there for when we have little one-off jobs here and there I'll give him a call I'll come in uh, he's scouring for work though outside of my business he, he's out there looking for other work and I feel bad because I really want to give him work but I just have no work coming in because again it's right now it's it's May 23rd or 24th at the time we're recording this there's nothing going on here and yeah not to um i don't play uh politics either but i wanted to use it for a trump impersonation because i was gonna say having your core group of guys is huge it's huge <laughs> it really is having a core group of guys of course it's super important um as far as um, mental stability for you as the owner, right? Um, but there's that's why it's so exciting to network, talk with other guys. Um, what we found in you know our research too is 
there are a bunch of different ways to keep lighting going around and to try to keep one or two of your guys around all year. Um, something that um, we implemented with the low voltage light, right, the landscape lighting, as you were mentioning in the intro, that's something that is only two months old to us now. Um, you know, as far as we trained, we learned how to do it, and we're selling jobs and selling installs now. So there's always ways to do things, but you also don't want to become a jack of all trades. Um, you don't want to overextend yourself. There's a lot of Right, there's, there's a million ways to skin a cat, and some people, which I believe in both ways on this point that I'm going to make, is some people say, I won't focus on another industry or another service until the first one that I'm doing is at a million dollars. There's some people that, that actually have that principle. There's books out there that try to teach the principle of mastering that one service, but, um, you know, for lighting and keeping guys around it probably won't be realistic if you just played on those uh, platforms. So you really want to try to do something along in your lighting business, if not have these outside services, like I think most guys are doing. I, I wouldn't know the exact percentages on people that are coming into the lighting industry now, but I would believe the, the big slice of the pie is probably from the landscaping side of things um it seems like a good thing because they have so much contact with a customer during the year a lot of landscaping companies are doing huge projects right when they're doing um masonry construction installing pools this that they become the go-to option for pretty much anything on the property those type of landscaping companies so <clears throat> yeah yeah like you said they're they're uh, they're not just landscapers they're landscapers they're doing the masonry work they're doing the pool insulation, doing all these other different things. And a lot of times they're high ticket items. And so they already are dealing with high, you know, higher hiring clients that understand the need for a higher ticket doing Christmas lights. Um, but I would say that a lot of the, that would be a great industry to come from. But what I've seen is especially now, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of people coming from your other industry, the soft wash industry, the window cleaning industry. Um, those two industries there seem to be uh, where a lot of the newer companies are coming from. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. I'm just making an observation. Uh, and it's, a, it's in part because uh, some of the other bigger organizations that are offering trainings and things like that, they're advertising to that sector. And again, it's not, not a good thing, not a bad thing. Uh, it's just an observation that I made. It's huge. It's huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we, we've seen that. And that's why I actually like being a little bit of that, um, the flip side, right? We did Christmas first and added soft washing. And when I do bump into a lot of guys, it's always reversed. They're like, oh, I've been barrel washing for nine, ten years, you know? And it's pretty cool because I'm able to interact with guys and give them some you know, insight on the lighting. And in return, I've, I've gotten a lot of insight on the washing and it's helped me connect with other entrepreneurs and grow my businesses. Yeah, absolutely. I remember, I remember there was a time where, um, I wasn't, I, I had a day job before when I started the Christmas lights, I had a day job. I worked at Boeing as an engineer, um, designing wiring systems for military aircraft, which I think you knew that, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, that was pretty cool, but you know, COVID happened um, and I lost that job due to COVID. And I said to myself, I'm like, that's it, that's enough. I'm just, I'm not getting another job. My wife's like, what are you gonna do? Like, you gotta get another job. And I told my wife, I'm like, I don't, I really don't. Um, I've, I've been in, in the industry at the time for like two or three years, Christmas light industry. And it was always a side hustle. So I was always bottlenecked on what I could do because I could only work nights and weekends. And we all know how fun that is in, uh, on the East Coast and the ice cold and the dark on the roof. Oh, you reminded me of, of, of those early days. Out there, 10 o'clock, 10 30, 11 o'clock, thinking that this customer is going to kill you if you don't get it done. Like, it's not a big deal. Just come back tomorrow, you know? But you, you, you felt like it, the world was on your shoulders. Yep. I got to get this done. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I, I, remember, I remember a time we did three jobs. It was Black Friday. I think it was my second year. It was Black Friday, and Boeing was closed on Black Friday. So we had the day. And it was me and a crew of like three other guys, all my friends at the time. Like we didn't, I didn't have employees. I had friends that helped for money. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't a business for lack of, you know, for, for, it was what it was. And that's how a lot of people start. And that is what it is. But we did three jobs. We got out the first job. It was like 7.30 in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning. And we're like, all right, guys, this job's going to take us about four hours. Eight hours later, we're just finishing it up. <laughs> uh, underestimating every job that we've ever bid. Because uh, that's, you know, that's the nature of the beast too. You're like, oh, I can hang this roof line in 20 minutes. Here are four hours later. And so we did that. We went on to our second job. We had three jobs scheduled that day. We went on to our second job, which was like 35 minutes away. And we went and we did that. And we thought, all right, this is going to take us three hours. And it takes us five. And, and next thing you know, before you know it, it's like 9 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. And the customer from the third job is calling saying, hey, are you still coming? Um, you, you, don't, you guys don't have to come tonight. We know it's late. I'm like, yeah, you know, listen, we got tied up on another job. We had a, we had something happen. Nothing happened. We were just slow, but we had something happen. Uh, we're actually finishing up this job now. We'll be there in about 45 minutes to an hour. And we're like, wow, really? It's, it's, it's 930 at night. I'm like, don't worry about it. We're good. As long as you guys don't mind us there, we're good. They're like, Hey, listen, we don't care. So we, we show up. That's when, that's when I, that's when you used to start dropping the, Hey, just as long as you leave out milk and cookies, we'll be fine. You know, <laughs> trying to make a little humor of it. <laughs> and <clears throat> so we, we roll up on this third job. It's 11 o'clock at night and we're just getting started. My guys are exhausted. It's like 28 degrees and it has been all day. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's pitch black. We're in this little cul-de-sac. And we didn't, we weren't smart enough back then to pre-bulb and pre-clip. So I got one guy in the back of my van bulbing and clipping with his numb fingers and he can't move his hands. <laughs> and then I, it's me and another guy. We had lost one guy because he had to go, he had a job the next day. So he had, you know, he had. A, one guy lost his pinky. It snapped off when he shut the door because it was so cold out. <laughs> <laughs> he had to go home, put a bandaid on that, but he was back out the next morning. Yeah. And so we, but we get there, it's like 11 o'clock at night. The homeowner actually comes out. He's got a coffee in his hand and he's smoking a cigarette. He's a really nice guy. He's a police officer here in Philadelphia, one of the nicest guys I ever met. And uh, he's like, wow. He's like, you know, you guys don't have to be here right now. We're like, no, let's just do it. Let's, let's just get it done. Three o'clock in the morning, we called it quits halfway through the job. <laughs> and, and the guy's like, listen, I'm going to be up. I'm a night owl. I'm going to be up. He's like, just peek in the window. You see me on the couch sitting up? I'm awake. So it's three in the morning. This guy's still awake. And, and here we're thinking this guy's still awake because of us. Like he doesn't want to let us, you know, work on his home. So it's like three in the morning. My guy's literally falling asleep on the top of a ladder. And we're like, all right, we got to call this quits. We'll be back in the morning. I'm like, all right, can you make it tomorrow to one of my guys? He's like, yeah. I'm like, can you make it tomorrow? He's like, dude, I gotta be at work at seven. 
<laughs> to his other job. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know that. Otherwise, I would have got you out of here earlier. But so the next day at like 8 o'clock in the morning. So we go home. We get three or four hours of sleep. We come right back out. And we finish the job in like two hours. But you're right. It's like in that in the early days, it's like everything is like on your shoulders. Like we have to get this done or the customer is going to hate us. And at the end of the day, nothing matters. When you turn them lights on and the customer sees them for the first time, they're like, this is awesome. You guys did great. And it doesn't matter if he took you two trips to do it, right? It doesn't matter. They weren't expecting them all on Black Friday night. You know, they were already in bed. Even if we finished Black Friday, like you still couldn't turn them on until Saturday morning, Saturday night. So it doesn't matter if you have to come back and, and do it again and, and don't overwork your guys. And that's so hard to say in this industry because it's 80 hour work weeks, right? It's 60, it's 60, easy. Some guys it's 80. And it's so hard to say, don't work your guys, give your guys a break. But it, when, when you have 12 jobs lined up this week and you have to finish this one, otherwise you can't start the rest. So it's, it's such a hard thing to do. Yeah, well, that's, uh, you know, I, I hate to say our, our training might actually help some guys, right, avoid some of those funny moments we've had in the beginning stages because you will, you know, try to have a little bit of that organization right behind you, that platform behind you. But I would say um, I, I wouldn't want the training just because of this one moment you know, I would would have wanted us to create the program right after this because one of the funniest moments we had in our early days of installing was a buddy of mine um, that helped me, you know, get this idea off the ground too because I always knew using ladders, 32-foot ladders, going on a roof, um, especially some of the houses around here, it's not a one-man thing. You need someone holding the ladder. It would be very dangerous. So, um he was like a little spider monkey on the ladders and stuff. He really wore it on his uh, sleeve that, you know, like, you know, I could do that. I could do that. I could do that. So I have a buddy that I'm working with at Madison Square Garden. He's got a family of four kids. He lives on this farm in Rockland County. Um, why I said I would do his lights is like, it's pretty much like driving to another state from Long Island. You know, it's in New York, but I still got to drive through the city, then drive up there and, you know, just traffic going from here to try to get there would be about, you know, an hour or 20 minutes just sitting in traffic. If, if it, you know, if it was just me driving there, no traffic, it might take us 45 minutes or, you know, 60 minutes. But so anyway... He asked me to do the lights. I don't know why we said yes, we would do it. Because back then, you're taking everything, right? You just want to get the, the name out. We go there, and he's like, I left the ladder for you guys. So he goes into Madison Square Garden now. So I'm on my day off while he's going into work. And he's, you know, telling the people at the office, oh, Brendan's doing my lights today. His family, like, the kids are all excited and everything. He left me out um lights that he had too he wanted me to mix it in so we drove seriously two hours whatever to get there he had a 40 foot wooden ladder that was <laughs> you know it, it was creaking when you, you you looked at it and his house was a farm so that farm it, you needed that 40 foot against it and it only had about like a rung or two rungs above the actual lip so you're high up there it's an open field too it's like on a hill too then you got all the corns very very windy so 
I looked at it and I was like, holy smokes, I don't know if we're doing this one today. And, of course, you know, my buddy was just like, oh, man, you know, I got this. You do all the bottom stuff. I'll go up there. Just hold the ladder. I'm like, all right, man, no problem. He goes up there, and within five, ten minutes, he's like a little kitten in a tree. He's all shivering like a leaf up there, and he just looks over the edge and says, Bren, I think you're going to have to call the fire department. <laughs> and, and the funniest thing is I, I had to talk him through for almost 20 minutes to, like, have enough courage to step off that roof to get even on the ladder. You're looking down, mm -hmm. you know, no strapped in. I mean, you think about the things you do when you first started this with no knowledge, and that's what's so important about having training. And actually, it's not about just not making the mistakes and trying to be super organized and efficient. It's really because it could get dangerous out there. And we all know that we've done things that were, when we first started, that could have been uh, a little more risky than anything we would do today, right? And just thank God that, um, you know, we were able to make, make it through. But the, the, to finish that story, took them about 30 minutes to come down and get on that ladder. We could not do that job. So we just, we, the, he also went up there with a 50-foot extension cord. So the only thing we were able to do is have him throw a 50-foot extension cord down and he tucked it in the gutter spout. That was the only thing he did up there before he started shivering like a leaf, like just put it in. So we couldn't even get it down now. So we literally left this guy's house with a 50-foot extension cord dangling, <laughs> banging against the house. It, and we, I said, dude, we drove two hours. Um, let's go get lunch. So we, we got lunch, and then we drove back home, and I texted him. I said, Sorry, Jeff, your house is, is, is way out of our league. I mean, it's a farmhouse. It, it, that ladder, too, it was it was creaking, you know? So, you know, the things we do when we first start, we've all been there. That's my tale. That I, I, I'll never forget it, though, because me and my buddy Nick, we were howling like hyenas, seriously, for almost 45 minutes straight driving home. We could not stop laughing and crying laughing because it was, it was just so funny that this guy, and I was adding to the story because I'm like, you know, Jeff's going to come home and his wife's going to come in the door like, where's the lights? You know, and he's going to have like a terrible night. She's going to say, you know, what's that cord hanging from the, from the roof? But, um, yeah, we ended up uh, telling him what happened. He had a local company come by and do it. So he actually busts my chops to this day sometimes. He'll text me a picture. He'll say, hey, uh, can you just get that wooden ladder out? I just need a bulb changed on my roof. I'm like, oh, <laughs> man, you, you. That, that, brings up the, uh, that brings up a good lesson, too, for all the newer people out there listening. Um, not every job is your job. And don't think you can don't think you can handle every job. And don't think you have to say yes to every job because there's just – there's just times where, one, you don't have the experience, or two, it's just not safe. Especially if you're a newer person, you have, uh, you know, like now we're now I know myself and you we're we're at a level where we can comfortably rent bucket trucks and rent lifts and, and do this other stuff and, and and get that stuff. We've been trained to do that, or at least we took we took some kind of training and, and learned how to do that the proper way. That's not in everybody's wheelhouse. You can't do that your first year. Or a lot of people can't do that their first year. And so don't think that every job is your job and you have to say yes to every job. There's no shame in saying, 
I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm sorry, Mrs. Jones. This is out of our league. Um, but I might have a recommendation for another company. Or even if you don't have a recommendation, you know, jump in the forum. Say, hey, anybody near this area that wants this job? Or, you know, don't think that you have to do every single job and say yes to every job. You're going to get you're gonna get by a lot easier, uh, especially in your first, first few years, just sticking to one and two-story houses where you can get them done in an hour or two for a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks. You're gonna make a hell of a lot more money doing that than you will if you would take this mansion that's 40 foot tall and it's gonna take you eight hours and you're gonna make four grand. Yeah, you wanna, when you're first starting, you, um, and I believe this, it's what we're doing in our soft washing business too is find your bread and butter and focus on your bread and butter before you start overextending yourself, having a thousand SKUs in your inventory. Find your bread and butter and what you do really well, what your crew likes doing really well. That's a very, you know, big thing for me, right? If someone's coming into our program and they're asking, you know, what angle to take, you know, everyone's different, you know, everyone doesn't have to just be, you know, putting nutcrackers out there or, you know, going out and only doing lift work for municipalities or only doing high-end residential. You know, there's so many different things that you could be doing. But the main thing is find out what your bread and butter is. Find out what you guys win at the best. If if it's doing a, a, a ranch and doing just 200 feet of C9 roof line, but you're able to get in and out at $1,600 minimums or $1,800 minimums, you're getting in and out. I mean, that might be better than trying to take on a six thousand dollar project that requires two bucket lifts or a, a 65 foot boom lift and you know ground control and having guys flagging traffic you know taking up a link it, it sometimes it's it yeah you're right it's you don't want to just start taking everything just to take everything it's better to find out what you're best at and it's easier to know that's your base to scale off of, and then all the other things can come along, and you could start doing the things, right? Like, we never marketed for movies. We've only done two in our existence. They reached out to us both times, right? So we're not actively seeking to do it. Might be a thing to look, you know, in, in the future as we're scaling, but, um, you know, if it was out of our realm, we would have said no. And the only reason why we did it, because we were approached, you know, but we're not, that's not our bread and butter. So that's why we're not marketing towards that every single, you know, season. And it's going to take you a little while to find that. Um, you're going to, you're going to step in shit. You're going to get over your head and that's okay. Like no matter what you do, you're going to get over your head at one point in this industry and that's okay. There's great forums for this. There's all the Facebook groups and there's, the, the connections you make if you do go to a, a, a one or two day training, you're going to meet people there. Um, not only people that are just learning, but you're also going to meet the instructors and people that are that have been there before you. And there is no shame in asking for help. And you're going to ask on these forums, hey, we've never done this before. How can we do this? And people are going to be like, if you never did it before, don't do it. Right? They're going to try and turn you away from it. Bullshit. Don't listen to them. Right? You have to, you're, you're not going to be able to do something. Uh, you're not going to be able to be experienced at something and get good at something unless you step in shit and try it once. And you're going to fail. 100%. You're going to fail. You're going to take, you're going to bid this job for $10,000, right? And and it's going to cost you ninety nine fifty at the end of the day. And you're going to walk away with nothing. You're going to walk away with nothing in terms of profit, but you're going to walk away with a ton in terms of experience. And the next one, you might still bid that next one at $10,000 doing the exact same job. And maybe you walk away and it costs you $7,000 because you learned a shit ton last year doing it. 
right? And then next year, you're like, all right, well, $7,000 is the best I'm gonna get at my costs. I'm doing this one for 15,000, right? And you learn every single time you do a different job, you learn. Right, right, absolutely. So finding your niche too, like inside of, like obviously, like you said, you don't wanna do all these, and you can, but you talked about it a little bit earlier. You, a lot of people don't want to um, do start, start Christmas lighting and then get ready to landscape lighting and then do patio lighting and then do event lighting and, and, and trying to learn them all at the same time. It's very hard to be a jack of all trades. You're going to be a master of none. And you're going to be okay at, at all of them, but you might not be the best at any of them. Today's episode is sponsored by our very own Tinsel CRM. Tinsel CRM is a Christmas installer industry specific software to keep track of all of your Christmas lighting clients and projects. Tinsel CRM logs invoices and payments, handles scheduling, and keeps track of all of your inventory. Tinsel CRM basically runs your Christmas light business for you. For more information, head on over to tinselcrm.com. That's T-I-N-S-E-L-C-R-M.com. Enter promo code CPP to get a special rate of just $69 per month with no long-term subscriptions, which means you can cancel anytime. Once again, that's tinselcrm.com, promo code CPP, which stands for Christmas Pros Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in to part one of my interview with Brendan McCaffrey. To stay up to date with the show, be sure to subscribe to the Christmas Pros Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Part two of this interview is posted now, so go check it out. See you there.